podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, hello, here we go, it's the Copyright Podcast. What is happening? It's Mick, it's Jay, it's the Copyright Podcast, it's a Wednesday night. There's nothing on the telly in terms of football on tonight, so there's nothing to be interested about. Just sit back and let's have a chat. Um, yeah, so today uh, we're going to be talking about Gina Wijnaldum, uh, a fully dedicated episode for Gina, and just to engage my thoughts, mixed thoughts, and your thoughts on. Uh, yeah, it looks like he's leaving, and you know it's a big thank you podcast for him as well. But we're going to answer a big question as well that seems to be doing the rounds at the minute: is is Gina Wijnaldum a club legend? I personally think it's a stupid question. Um, for many, many reasons, which we'll get into. But Mick, over to you. Um, first instance in terms of Wijnaldum leaving, uh, it's a shame, isn't it? Yeah, it is a shame, honestly. I, I, when the talk was coming and kept happening, and it was like, oh, he's, he might be leaving, he might be leaving, I was still thinking, oh, he probably, he might he might stay because he's had some good times here. But I think the, the bit he said after the last game against Palace on, on, on Sunday that he said... Um, the st- the full story hasn't been told yet. I think that was quite prominent. That what what's like what's what triggered it? Because he said he would like to have stayed for a few more years. So I don't know. Mm. Something's quite something's happened. Not I don't think it's any nefarious anything like that. But I just think it's something must have maybe family life or something like that that's made them think. Well, he needs to have have a change and, and start again. But yeah, it it is a shame because and and the question about a legend. I think he definitely does for the for those five years that he's been at the club because he's been he's been terrific, hasn't he? He has, mate. But we'll we'll go we'll de- we'll divulge into it a little bit more. Um, but first of all, mate, obviously when we were first linked with Wijnaldum, um, you know, back in twenty sixteen, what was you thinking when we signed him? Uh, yeah, I think it was. I, I don't know. It's, it's one of those signings, isn't it? Because I know he, he scored. He scored a couple against us, didn't he? In, in that one game, and you're like, "Fucking hell, he's a he's a he's a good player. He can get in the box late, and he's good in the air. He's he's obviously got a good shot on him. He's strong. He's he's powerful. He's got ticks quite a lot of the boxes. But I kind of, I mean, like 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 you said just before we started recording, you didn't we didn't really know enough to kind of picture where he'd fit in in this team, but. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was. I think he was like a left winger for PSV before Newcastle, and then he went to Newcastle and was an attacking midfielder. So, he's, and he came to the club, and we were kind of maybe just expecting more of that. And he was kind of anything but that. He was more of a a player that sacrificed him as himself and and his own qualities for the for the better of of the team. And what a job he did! But yeah, it was. I, I was kind of just. It wasn't like underwhelming of a sign, and it was kind of just like. Good signing, maybe a like a good squad player to kind of lift the re- rest of the squad yeah. up and kind of make everyone else a bit better. And I think that's what he did. He absolutely did. And I think it's safe to say that he was definitely um, one of Klopp's foundation players, if you like, where he sort of built the team around Wijnaldum because he has been an ever-present since he signed in 2016. So uh, for me, him and Lallana were, were arguably the first names on the team sheet that season. And it was a testament as well because he played 36 games in the league one in the FA Cup, uh, five in the League Cup because we got to the final. So I made a total of 42 appearances that season, uh, six goals uh, and 11 assists, which isn't bad for you know a, a midfielder like that coming uh, coming into a new club. And then, he's like I said, he's been an ever-present ever since, mate. And I think with, with the Wijnaldum situation, I don't think people are going to know um, what you've 
you know, the whole thing, you, you don't know what you've missed until it's gone. And I think one of the things about Gino Wijnaldum is there's been so many times over the past six years where when he's not played, it's been noticed, hasn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think he, he just provides that like layer of support, doesn't he, in terms of like what what we were are as a team. He, I think he was kind of central to all of that, like providing the the solidity for the for the left of of that midfield. I mean, in that Brexit midfield, that became so renowned that it was there was no flashy players in there. They were all just hard work and good solid players, but it provided that foundation for everything we were good at and for the the reason we won those two trophies the the Premier League and the Champions League so uh, yeah but he he was like you said he's one of those players that he came in and he kind of yeah I think it's him as a player but also him as a character as well the the fact that he's coming in he's not he's no he's no like he's not a flashy player he's going to come in and 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 do do the hard yards and, and and not and not be over the top and just kind of yeah be a, be a good role model as well for the rest of the team because I know obviously he was he was captain for quite a lot of the games towards the end when we were fucking had no players left and we still got top top three which is just mental still I still can't believe that by the way but um yeah we got the the send off that um that that he wanted in the, in the last game so that was that was nice for him as well it was um but like just moving on for his first season and you like you're looking at the 17 18 campaign you know again 50 appearances um you know it's it, it's well documented how many games that uh, liverpool have had to play full throttle and when you look at uh the seasons present and play that amount of games it's a testament one to the player of how, how uh, often he isn't um injured for your perspective of what the thing that you like to say is the best ability is availability and again a testament to, to how much of a, an ever-present he is in Klopp's side and he just shows that um, as well and I think a lot, a lot of people appreciate this when people were in the ground on Sunday they had sort of a new appreciation for Gini Wijnaldum a little bit because it's it's alright watching the footy on, on the telly but you sort of don't see what he does and you sort of see him do um, the dirty work sometimes and what we're missing but when you're at the ground you have a chance to watch him and see the, the impact he has on the game yeah, and like, like Chris says, there, Klopp said, built on his legs and his lungs, and I think he he also said like built on his the character that he is as well. But yeah, like those stats of, of the amount of games he's played is just ridiculous, and we know like this year, case in point, Oxley Chamberlain being injured, Cater being injured, Henderson getting injured, and we, at the start of the season we were like, fucking hell, who's going to play midfield? Because we've got that many yeah. options. <laughs> it kind of came down to genie and whoever else was fit <laughs> whoever else was obviously the defense got obliterated so fab and hendo went back there genie was still on his own and obviously we got tiago in which helped a lot but he mm-hmm. was kind of an ever present presence in there and i think once you take that away it'd be the same with salad as well because looking at salad's stats like the amount of games he's appeared in over his years and he's in the 50s every season as well and you can't really you can't put a price on that how that being that available all the time True, and you, you're, you're spot on, mate, because Salah's played 51 uh, and Robbo's played, played 50. So between the three of them, they're, you know, they're, they're the ones that have been the ever-presence this season and it says everything. So just going to jump into a couple of comments. Uh, Chris Kelly bumped in another one. He says he has, has a few Newcastle mates and they really wanted to keep Genie at the time. He changed his style to do what Klopp wanted to. Absolutely, because he was bought as a winger, like you said before, mate. And it's, a, it, it's a, again, a testament to what Klopp does and to, and to the player as well. Uh, Dickinson 87, are you mate? You okay? Uh, feel so sorry for the friends and families of the 96. Absolutely, yeah. It, it's not something that we wanted to cover on today's show, obviously. Um, but you know the circumstances of what's gone on. There's going to be this is going to be going on and on 
uh, again, and it's such a bloody shame what's gone on. I think it's fucking disgusting. The government has a lot to fucking answer for, and so does the justice system in this country, Mick, doesn't it? It's fuck. It's a fucking joke yet again that those families are, are having to go through this again. Yeah, it's just it's just a revolving door of shite, isn't it? It's just like it gets kind of not under the pushed under the carpet, but it kind of has. But like it just keeps getting pushed to the side, and then they're fighting back again, and they just yeah, no case to answer, which is just. The ultimate slap in the face for me. I mean, personally, I didn't have anyone involved with the families and whatever who who, uh, who uh, sadly died that day. But I know a lot of people who who did, and it's. I mean, it's not even about that. It's about the. It's like Liverpool as a community, like the city and 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 um, everything like that. That's kind of took a hit from this, and it's kind of paved the way for like that stereotype of, of like Liverpool fans and scousers and that's kind of it's all like interlinked and it kind of stems from that which is and the fact that it was the, the government and, and and the people involved at the time that were, were kind of at the forefront of it that, that I think that makes it hurt even more to be honest but yeah a horrendous another horrendous day today and it's yeah another another smack in the face to to everyone that obviously that they don't feel strongly enough about this that it, it can be resolved in the, in the proper way absolutely but one thing we know about the um the hillsborough family support group is that they're there for each other which is absolutely fantastic and they just won't uh won't let it lie um but again it's, it's you know we're we're not good enough to comment on such a uh, an important topic as well um just got to keep our fingers crossed justice will will get in the end um yeah just coming back to the gene and alden thing mate again we just got looking on his appearances and stuff like that and in, t- in terms of his goals, you know, the, he's, he scored 20, you know, yeah, he scored 22 goals for Liverpool. And you think like for a midfielder, that's, you know, that's poor over the, the, the years, but he's, he wasn't bought as a goal scorer. But you look at some of the goals that he's, he's been scoring against and the, and the teams he scored against, you know, he scored against the likes of Atletico, Roma, uh, City, Chelsea, Barcelona, uh, famously, you know, um, Everton, he's. I think you know. There's only Man United. He hasn't. He hasn't bagged a goal against, uh, which is just you know phenomenal for a, a team like for a, for a player like him who doesn't tend to score goals for Liverpool, even though we know how prolific he can be for um for for, for Holland. But again, we've got to stress that it's, it's it's a different type of game that he plays. Um, but again, there's there's been some massive moments for Wijnaldum, hasn't there? And um, I just think you know it's uh, like we might as well just come on to it now. Um, the Barcelona game mate uh, and Dicko's coming here and said I'll never ever forget the Barca goals especially the second one people literally went flying absolutely mate yeah <laughs> yeah it was just yeah that that moment where like you see Genie coming on and it's like his face is like fucking clop your little bench me bastard yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like fuck this and then he, he goes and does that and scores those two goals and it's just yeah that'll go down like for that game alone, he's a legend. Literally everything else apart, that game, he's a, he's a hundred percent a legend. And obviously, like the other goals you mentioned, like Roma, there was a, a boss one against Bournemouth where he chipped the keeper. There's a header against City. There was like, I mean, twenty two isn't loads. I think his his career high for us was eleven in his first year, which isn't isn't bad, I suppose. But he he wasn't he wasn't able to get that far up the field, was he? In terms of um, with our rampaging fullbacks, but yeah, he, the job that he did and the goals that he scored. Yo, if you ever needed a goal, a, a key goal, he, he was there. And obviously, the Atletico game where that should have been the key, like one of the key goals. And then obviously, we fucked up with Adrian and whatever else. But that should have been another moment where 
he came to the forefront and, and scored again in, in a huge game. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And you got to forget the Roma goal. You know, he was he had, he had this tarnished thing, didn't he, about how he couldn't score away from home. Um, oh, yeah. and he scored. He essentially scored uh, the goal that put us into the uh, Champions League final in Kiev, didn't he, because of the, the goal he scored away in Rome. Um, and again, it, there's there's so many great memories about Gino Ronaldo. I mean, you could do, you know, a, a, a nice montage about that. And I might do that. I might pull that together. I don't know. Uh, it depends if I can be bothered if anybody wants it. Oh, okay. Just just because you said it, my love, <laughs> I will do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it will go down as uh, the Barcelona game will obviously be his, probably his finest hour, um, if if you like, absolutely, with the, with the beating his bonnet about being on the bench. But there was uh, we got a message from one of our subscribers, um, and it was it was Tomo, and basically what it said was. When does a player move from cult hero to club legend? I have heard a lot of people saying Genie is a legend, but for me, he has a lot of happy memories, but not quite a club legend. Now, again, Tomo's not slighting Genie, whatever, because there's, there's Steven Gerrard and Kenny Dalglish, legendary. There's Robbie Fowler, legendary. There's, um, you know, I think legend this day and age is thrown up thrown around in a different way. Uh, you know, like you, you, Mick, you could you could turn up at a bar and buy me a pint. And I'd go, oh, mate, you legend. You know what I mean? It's just like a cliche type term now, isn't it? It gets bandied around a bit too easy, so everyone's just kind of like, yeah, legend. But yeah, I think there is different le- levels of legend as well. I mean, to make it even more is. confusing. Now, would you, he's part of a team and a catalyst in the team that delivers a Premier League title or a league title for the first time in 30 years. I would class every player who played in that season a legend because they've delivered something. I'd class the fact that the team went 97 points and won the Champions League a legendary team as well. They're all legends for me. Um, but where do you stand on it, Mick? Because, again, there's uh, there's the cult hero status that you get with Eric Meyer. Um, you know, I'm trying to build Sean Dundee up as a cult hero and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> I know it's never going to happen. Um, but you've got your different types of heroes, haven't you? And you've got your certain types of legends. But where do you stand on it, mate? I think I agree with you, Jay. Like the team that delivers a, a league title after thirty years, every one of them deserves to go down as a legend. Especially someone who was so vital in maybe not the scoring of goals or assisting, but the way that, to kind of fit into the team and make the team function as best as they can in the best way that they can. Then I think that for me, that's that, that's a no brainer. I think I, I think when you think of like legends of Liverpool, you think of obviously like. Fowler and, and Mach Manaman and Gerard and Carragher and you know all, all I could list hundreds and hundreds of them, Rush and God knows who else. But I think there's like a little layer down from them where you think, well, they're like legends for what they did personally in terms of scoring a shitload of goals, assist charts off the off the chart, um, and and just like producing great moments. And I think Genie comes into that bracket where he provided so many great moments. For us, pe- like personally, fr- through him scoring goals, but like I said, in terms of the team, if we wouldn't have had him in this in this team, I don't think we. I mean, everyone's key, but he's he's just another one of the eleven that was so crucial to it to it all because Robbo had that security from him bombing forward. He knew that Genie was going to be covering for him. We had Van Dyke as well, who was also in there. He was another key part. But for me, he's yeah. He's, I hate this. Hate that term, like systematic player. But he, that's that's what he is, and that that's what he came to be for us. After, like we said, being a left winger for PSV, being a attacking midfielder for Newcastle, then being like a more systematic player in terms of just 
filling a gap, but a gap that was so, so key to everything that we did. Obviously, Hendo did that on the right for Trent, Genie on the left, and then whoever in the middle of those three, obviously, Hendo went into the middle sometimes as well. But he was just, he's yeah, for me, he definitely goes down as a legend. But I understand what, was it Tomo, did you say? I understand what he means yeah. in terms of, like, maybe in between. But for me, if, if it was like a, a barometer, he'd be closer to the legend part, but I do see what Tom means, like cult hero, because he's only been here, what, five years? So <clears throat> when you're putting him up with, like, Hippier, who's been here for, like, 10, and Fowler, who scored a load of goals, and Gerard, he was fucking unbelievable every season, and it's kind of hard to peg them in, in the same way, like, to try and think, well, how does that transcend yeah. from him to him? But I think, you've, like I said, there's different well, layers to it. Yeah, there is. There's different layers. Layers. There's different levels. So, like Lucas, is he a club legend? Is he a hero, or is he a cult hero, or is there a difference between the two? Because he was here a long time. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it comes back to this cliche thing about legend. Like, if you sat down seriously and said, "Is Lucas Leiva a legend?" It'd be come back down to. I'd like to have like a scale, and and I'd like to put people on that scale, and but he would be lower down as a legend than Genie Wijnaldum in my opinion, although he was here yeah. for longer and was more of a cult hero for how good he played for us in, in, in and those his personality. years. And his personality, the old unlucky shout that he used to do all the time and being like a, coming to England from Brazil and like kind of growing up here and, and being like completely wrote off then turning into quite a key figure. Let's, I mean, it's everyone's, you've got to take everyone's story, like Kind of in a in a personal vein to try and like. Well, get that's to the it, isn't it? That, it? That's a good point, mate. Because Biscan cult hero, yeah, Eric yeah, Ryan, yeah, cult cult hero. You know, um, Peter Crouch is on the borderline of being a cult hero or a hero or a legend because of his personality. Again, personality yeah. get 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 gets you a long way, doesn't it? And um, you know, Crouch has scored some big goals in big games for us and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, it's interesting that. So let's just go, delve into the comments and see what some of the guys think. Um, so Chris Kelly straight away is saying he's a legend. Spot on. And Dicko absolutely reminding us of the the Middlesbrough goal. Spot yeah. on that, mate, because that came just before half-time in a game that we needed to win, which was the catalyst of us getting into the Champions League and having that progression. So it's a really, really good point, that. Uh, Yash on YouTube said he always scored important goals, so he's never dropped his standards, the ultimate goal. Absolutely. Um, he, he, he did... 237 appearances and he started 206 of those so that tells you everything really doesn't it uh, Chris says I should do a montage of people trying to fill and take the ball off him should get a couple <laughs> few hours of that absolutely I would mate uh, Yash said he's the ultimate pro uh, Dan said he's a legend 100% a great for club and country he will get the respect he deserves across the globe once he most likely retires and we look back on his achievements and what he was part of and that's exactly the point that we're just saying there uh, and Dick I think he's referring there as uh, professionals that you want in your team Stephen Warnock Marco saying he's a legend. Yuki saying he's a legend. Chris is saying legends are recognised by other teams and then legends of our own fans. Yeah, there is a difference there, mate. Uh, Dan saying big goals and almost ever-present throughout his time with us in what is the greatest team we've seen in the Premier League era. Again, yeah, when do you stand out in a, in a team full of superstars? That's, that's a massive thing. And I think Dan's absolutely spot on there, mate, because it's, it's so important that when you're winning things, it's not just about being Steven Gerrard in a team that is a lot less than you and winning the European Cup. That's why they would say that the team that has won the European Cup and they've won um, 
the, the Premier League is obviously it's a, it's a bigger achievement, isn't it? Um, and I think what Dan's saying there is big goals and almost ever present is says everything about Ronaldo, doesn't it? Yeah, and like you said, you need players who are like Mo Salah who are going to score your shitloads of goals, but you also need a genie Wijnaldum and you always need players like that and he's one of the best at what he does, like like Dan said, or Chris said before, sorry, about shepherding the ball and not letting people get it and like keeping us ticking over. It's things like that, which, I mean, he got a lot of shit for, didn't he? Especially this year for like not celebrating initially with the Allison goal and maybe not being completely there mentally because maybe his mom was wandering to the end of the season and he wants to get off and go to another club or whatever but for those maybe not so much this year but the years before that he was he was just boss when he's just like unbelievable like always like we said available like 50 averaging 50 games a year is just ridiculous availability for a player of that that quality who plays in that position takes a lot of bangs and bruises and he's still always, always there, and always available, and, and always was for for, for those mm. years that he was at us. So, uh, yeah, he's we, we we will miss him. It's one of them, and it's like it's. I mean, it keeps I keep saying Mo Salah because I fucking love the fella, but it's one of them that you don't realize until until he's gone that you because we'll probably look back next year, and maybe we won't be going. Oh, we really miss Genie because I'm hoping we don't have that many injuries that we go. Oh shit, we need Genie back, but. You you missed having that in there. You miss having that player who's always going to be around and who always available. And if you get, if God forbid, you do get more injuries, you've got someone there to kind of just be well. I'm always going to be here because they've got that durability about them. And I think that's um, that's something you can't, like I said before, you can't really put a price on that that on being available that that for that for that amount of time. And yeah, it's um, it is a shame. I mean, I'm, I wish we were doing this and it's like, oh, Genie's staying, but. It looks like he, uh, he's off to I think Barcelona, so yeah. Yeah, it certainly looks that way, mate. And again, um, just a, a quick quiz question for you because I like putting you on the spot, so you <laughs> can't cheat. Um, who uh, who do you think he made the most appearances against? Ooh, fucking hell! Against hmm. Man City, correct. Oh, I'm getting so the, in terms of the top. The teams he's faced the most times, you know, if you're thinking about squad rotation, Man City, 13, 12 for Southampton, uh, 12 against Arsenal, 11 against Tottenham, 11 against Leicester, 11 against Chelsea, 10 against United and 10 against Everton. They're the, they're the double figures ones we've made the most appearances. And that tells you anything that he's a big game player. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, I think when you look at it, he, yeah, when you look at the, the, the team that he's faced once, it is, it is night and day. Um, so, yeah, it just shows you that how much of a big, big game playing, how much uh, Klopp loved him and wanted him in the in the lineup all the time. Um, Mick, you just touched on there in terms of what we do next in terms of going forward without without Wijnaldum. Like you just said, it looks like he's going to, to Barcelona. Um, there was a bit of a dabble of the Bayern Munich stuff earlier on this week, was it? But it does look like Barcelona is is his next destination. Aguero looks like he's going to Barcelona again. Um, I think Barcelona fans will probably really love him, the fact that he's playing. For, he'll be playing for them now, so he's not playing against them. It'll be interesting to see what kind of reception he gets. Um, but he'll do well over there, won't he? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if um, he makes Sergio uh, Busquets finally tweet again, because he hasn't tweeted since that night. <laughs> I don't know if he's locked his phone or he's fucking been kicked out of his Twitter account. God knows, but I hope he's all right. 
But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna he's gonna like Marco says here, like he's curious about how he can take the Dutch team going forward in a different role than Liverpool. So he's looking forward to that. Obviously, Marco, a, a Dutch fella. So yeah, that, I mean, it's gonna be they've got a very good team. But I'm curious as well to see how how he'll fit into that Barca team. I mean, with fucking all the players they've gotten, and if they're adding one Alzheim and Aguero into that mix, that's gonna be. <laughs> Some good going on on the free transfers there. Fucking hell, I mean, they're going to be asking for big wages, but you don't get any better than those two to slot slop straight into your team, do you? But um, yeah, I mean, it's. I think he, he's going to be suited to it. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what position he plays with them. Whether he plays in the in the national team, a position of more of a attacking midfielder, or I mean, I think that's what I think that's what maybe might sway this decision a little bit more that he can go and. Play that role and get forward because we know he likes to get forward, doesn't he? he? Likes to score goals. We know he can do that. Um, I think he's got a good one this season. I can't remember who it was against. Now edge of the box, curl the top corner, top right. I can't remember who it was against. Now, yeah. But um, stuff like that where he's, he's he's capable of, and if he's in the right positions, more often than not, he's going to score for you. So, um, but yeah, I'm I'm also interested to see what Liverpool Liverpool do and who Liverpool get into the to replace him. This is the thing, isn't it? Because I, I get Liverpool's stance on the whole situation that they probably wasn't going to offer him three years because of him. He's touch, you know, he's in he's in the thirty bracket now, and Liverpool don't tend to do that. I reckon they probably offered him a year, and that's not what you wanted. And then they just couldn't come to a an agreement on that. And again, I know Genie was one of the most un, you know, I say underpaid, bloody underpaid. The ball is not <laughs> underpaid. But, you know, in terms of the level of the performance that he gives and what he adds to the team, you probably would say he was he wasn't paid and he wanted more money. So, yeah. and there's no there's no denying there's nothing wrong with asking for more money. Of course, there's not, especially if you believe in your own ability and deserve it, which I think he did. Um, it's interesting because again, you know, there's those question marks surrounding Naby Keita. Um, this was his season to sort of grab the, the the brass ring, if you like, and and really kick on. And we've not had that from him. There's things that he might go. I wonder if the club have got something in mind or they're thinking about Curtis Jones replacing Genie. What do you think? Do you think that there's there's someone on the horizon for Liverpool in terms of the Genie Wijnaldum replacement? I know you can't replace him. Um, or do you think, because the, the midfield is going to be Thiago Hendo Fabinho, that's your first choice, isn't it? That's yeah. your first line, yeah. uh, to quote ice hockey. But what, what would you do? Yeah, I think those three are a, a shoe and aren't they, to be honest. That's going to be fucking, I can't wait to see that. I can't wait, honestly. But, um, I don't know. Like Curtis Jones is. I mean, we touched. We talked last time on. I can't remember what pod that was, but about Curtis Jones and about whether he should have been loaned out this year. And I think that the fact that he wasn't is quite a big sign and a big telling sign that he's he's been primed to try and get get be a good, better squad player in and around this team. And I think he's he's proved that. Obviously, he's not very consistent at the moment. There's games where he comes in and he looks great. There's games where he comes in and you're like, oh fucking hell, he's not he's not been too good. But I think he's he's obviously a, a still a young lad and he's got a lot of. Uh, progression to do so that I mean what better way th- than this season to kind of I mean he had a few ups and downs this season but that's all going to go down to funnel into making him a better player ultimately at the at the end of it so I'm hoping he can step up a bit more next year uh, yeah there's a few there's a few names isn't he there's like Awar from Leon don't know if I'm saying that right probably not there's a Basuma there's there's quite a few names like floating around isn't he but we just yeah I'm not, I'm not too sure I mean, spoiler, I had a little chat with Momo Sissoko yesterday. I was trying to get some info on um, on Basuma because obviously he's a fellow Mali international, and he, but um, you, fucking, you know what Momo is like. He's so unreliable, but he sent me a little voice note, but he didn't really Standard. give me anything. He was kind of like, yeah, good player, but 
didn't I wasn't giving you any in the little bastard. So uh, I'll, I'll try again. <laughs> but uh, like I've watched I've watched bits of Basuma like the last couple of games. I watched him because I was especially thinking he looks like a good player. But I don't know. And I mean, it's one of them, isn't it? Like I don't want to be like so cliche, but whatever Klopp reckons, then it's gonna it's gonna be sound in it because he he's gonna wanna bulk up the squad after this year. We've finished third. Fuck knows how. Obviously, we played Boston last ten games and we've done done really well. But he can't. He and we can't afford a repeat of this year. We need to be strong in all the right areas this year. Obviously, centre back's the main concern, but then midfield is also. We need to get some bodies in there to kind of bulk yeah. it up. And yeah, like City got like we, we've said this before. Like they're, they're bringing like fucking Foden, and Mares and Sterling off the bench or whatever else, or Gundogan yeah, or whatever. And we're fucking bringing on Shakiri and. Arigi or whatever else. So, yeah, things need to change. And I think, yeah, there's a, there's a big summer on the horizon for us. I'm hoping we can um, get the right targets in nice and early. Absolutely, mate. I think it's it's really exciting as well. But I think, yeah, going back to the Wijnaldum situation, it, it is heartbreaking. And it's one of them things where you, when a player leaves, when you want more from him, you know, he's, you know, you want him to stay. I think that's, you know, fair, fair play to him. Um, on that that front, because he's given everything to Liverpool, and it, it'll, I agree with you. Mate. I think we've firmly established that he's that he's a club legend, right? I think I don't think you can deny that he isn't a club legend. And all the people that I've been saying for the last twelve months, to eighteen months, get Genie out and all that sort of stuff. Well, if we don't get it right in the summer, we're, we're going to notice uh, what we're what we're missing. Isn't that right, Mick? Yeah. Hundred percent. It's gonna be. I said it's gonna be a. It's gonna be a big summer because we need. To, we like we said. We need to get that spot on, but he's going to be a big hole to fill, not just on the pitch, but in the round, the squad, obviously one of the, one of the yeah. captains of what well, I think he was like, what fourth captain or whatever. So having that presence and having that personality, having the availability, having the quality on the pitch, he was that he was the whole package, but it's kind of, yeah, I don't know what's happened. Like we said at the start of the pod, like he said, he was going to tell his story at some point over the coming yeah. week or whatever. So we'll find out more about that and what actually happened. But um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be it's a huge void to fill, isn't it? And I'm hoping that we um, we do it in the right way. We will, mate. Uh, before we finish, mate, uh, it might be a bit of a stupid question, um, but your your best genie moment? Uh, yeah, it's it's too easy to say, Bass, isn't it? But it's 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 the easiest answer, but it's the right answer. It's the it's, it's, yeah, it's the right answer. Like like we said, loads of loads of good moments, loads of good goals, but yeah, that. That game, and then obviously the final whistle where the camera's on him, and he he falls to the ground, and he's oh. fucking praying and whatever else, and just amazed. That's just like, yeah, it means it means a lot to him, and it it means a lot to us that that he was part of that, and the fact that he came on and and scored those goals that he did, and we won the Champions League that night, didn't we? That night yeah, was the night we won it. So, and and he provided that for, for the for, for what he did for for us, and, and what he's done for the for us over those five years can't be. Um, can't be understated. So yeah, we'll miss we'll miss the fella. We certainly will, and we thank you very much, Gina and Alden, for that, and thank you very much for the memories. I'm just going to leave it on a on a quote Klopp said in October, uh, 2019. Who said uh, his praise said, "It is just so obvious of Genie's importance. It is both directions, small spaces, big spaces. It is hard challenges, fine football, pretty much all of that. He is the perfect midfielder, no." From the skill set, 100%, he has all the things you need. There was his header against Barcelona too. He is not the tallest, but he's, he's good in the air. He's a good jumper with good timing and all that stuff. It all makes him a pretty good footballer. That is how you should be. It's not my fault he goes under the radar. You cannot ask me why he goes under the radar. I don't set the radar. 
that's a quote from uh, Jurgen Klopp, which I just took absolutely perfect. Um, we appreciate everybody that has joined us this evening for the comments. I think we'll leave it there for half an hour because obviously there's a lot of people that want to watch the match tonight. Um, come on, Villarreal, Moreno, come on, come on, lads. Um, I'm <laughs> love that um, and Marco's absolutely spot on as well uh, we won't sing his song as much anymore absolutely well it, I think he'll pro- his song will probably be what Luis Garcia's song because Garcia left and we carried on singing that as well so uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll always uh, do a little cheer for Gino and Aldem and hopefully fingers crossed we might draw Barcelona in the Champions League again because we fucking qualified for it get in um, but yeah, thank you to everybody that joined us in the comments. We really, really appreciate it. For those of you that haven't joined us live, let us know in the comments uh, your thoughts on Gino Wijnaldum. Obviously, we said, is he a club legend or is he a hero? Or, you know, is it the right time to leave? Whatever, you let us know your thoughts in the comments and we appreciate it. Um, yeah, so that was our little uh, thank you to Gino Wijnaldum. We really appreciate you guys joining us tonight. And yeah, have a good week and uh, we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.